Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, we are so excited to enter your presence on this Easter morning. May the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. For you, you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I love this liturgical season. Liturgical means a a rhythm throughout the Christian year in which we explore and look at the scriptures that so form us in our faith. I love this season just after Easter because we share the resurrection stories. Every single one of them is unique. Unique to the gospel, to the evangelist who writes it, and unique to the individual who shares its witness. It's a perfect opportunity for all of us then to reflect on how we, each one of us, are living the resurrection in our own life. All of us can relate with today's story. It's a a time after tragedy, a time when disaster has seemed to hit the scene, and all of us find ourselves in those times a little bit numb, a little bit lost in our own thoughts or distracted, uh, 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 leaning into the uncertainty and wondering if there will ever be normalcy again. That's exactly what's happened to Jesus' followers on the night after the women found the empty tomb. I'll be reading today's story from John's Gospel in the 20th chapter, picking up with verses 19 and going through 23, listen to what the evangelist has to tell us about that very uncertain and frightful time. When it was evening on that day, that's resurrection day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, that's the religious authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace, shalom, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Boy, I tell you what, I can certainly identify with those disciples. It was just a little over a year ago when I got that call while I was on vacation that, gee, this virus looks like it might have come to Texas, and we might need to take heed of that, and we might need to not meet this week. Okay, let's do that. We thought it would be just a week or two. Boy, were we wrong. We soon found ourselves leaning into what we had never been trained to do as leaders, leaning into things that we had never studied about before because this had never happened before, this global pandemic. Everything that I understood about ministry 
was not helpful for me in those first few weeks. I'm sure you found that same to be true. In a very real sense, we found ourselves behind locked doors, sort of afraid. Perhaps we were simply stunned, but one thing is for sure, we were uncertain about the future. We didn't know what, it would, ha- what would happen. Before we even realized that it was safe for us to gather outside, Easter came, and we couldn't gather in this space. We didn't even know that we could gather in downtown, and so we waylaid that as well. We gathered online. But there was something missing that we love and enjoy about that sense of community. The evangelist this morning tells us that we are kind of like those disciples. He said that they had met in this room to be together, that they were somehow numb, that they were afraid, that they were uncertain about what tomorrow brought. But right in the midst of that real disaster, tormental time, Jesus appears. Jesus makes himself known and offers up resurrection courage for this young band of followers. He offers them peace, shalom. He offers them certainty in the face of uncertainty, and he offers them the power of the Holy Spirit to break past those locked doors. He he stands in their midst and he says, peace be with you. The Greek word is shalom. This Greek word of shalom is different than this sense of calm that we think in English when it says peace. It's this, it's this all-abiding presence that even when everything around us is in turmoil, even when we are sad and grieved and uncertain and afraid, that we know that we are going to be all right. Last Sunday morning at 7 a.m., we were able to gather downtown one more time. We worshiped around an old, rugged cross. And at the base of that old, rugged cross was a bucket of flowers. We gathered there in our lawn chairs, sitting on the back of pickup trucks or the open gate of an SUV. Some of us stood around. We gathered there to sing and to listen to the witness of what resurrection means in an individual life and a message of hope. We were young. We were old. Some of us wore our pajamas. Others of us wore jeans. And some of us wore our Sunday best. And some of us showed up in the uniform of the day. We were friends, and we were strangers. Each of us came to that old rugged cross, that image of death and oppression, and we took the flowers and we placed them on that old rugged cross as a symbol of hope, as a symbol of what we believe that there is nothing about death that can be conquered except life the life that comes with Jesus' resurrection. 
We were gathered there, and a neighbor of ours shared that this was a morning of peace for her. She hadn't been back to church in nearly a year, and this offered her that moment of hope, a hope that even in our, our times of trouble, trouble, that we might find peace, peace in a post-pandemic world. Our text said that it was the evening of the first night when Jesus appeared to his disciples and that they were behind these locked doors, sitting with their own fear and their own uncertainty. Last Sunday night, that same evening, the evening of Easter, a group of people gathered. They gathered at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center in Dallas. This group was a group of United Methodist pastors and lay people who went with the bishop of our North Texas Annual Conference, Bishop Mike McKee, to worship with thousands of young teenagers who had gathered there. These boys and young men found themselves in a very real sense behind locked doors. They were afraid. They were uncertain. They didn't know what tomorrow might bring. Reverend Owen Ross was among the leaders in that group, and he shared a bit of the highlights with us on a call this week. And so I'm going to share those things with you. He said that when they got there and they brought in their drum set, that the, that the boys t- peeked up. They were excited. They helped carry in the drums and, and all of the stringed instruments, and they gathered around. They so missed their instruments that they had left at home. And then as they began to sing, the boys sang with them. It was like it was their own music. And they gathered around that, that, eight, that stage at one end of the big room where they were with, filled with cots and tables. Some sat in small groups and some gathered around the stage. And they sang. They lifted their voices. Some lifted their hands. And then Owen stood up to read this very passage that I read to you this morning. And when he got to this line, he says, the Holy Spirit surely did show up. He said, I read, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And they spontaneously cheered. He said, I really didn't know why they were cheering at first. But then later, as they offered up an opportunity to write out their prayer concerns on index cards and share with these people that had come to lead them in worship, he began to see. He took with him over a thousand prayer cards, prayers that were lifted. I think we have one picture of those prayer cards on our screen above. I want to share some with you. They are written in their own language, some with broken um, lettering and some with even and smooth lettering, depending on their abilities and depending on their age. This one that you see in the screen above is from Fernando. And he says, I feel a little bit sad not to be with my baby. But thanks to you, I have faith that soon I will see her again. You all have helped me a lot to not lose my faith or hope in God. Gracias. And then another one read 
Uh, this one is from Julio, and it read, Please pray for my mom, my little sister, Naomi, my nephews, and for my dad and my brothers, and especially for me. I also want you to pray for my companions, but please pray for my mom and my little sister. And then he says, Gracias Dios. Thank you, God. And the last one is the one that really hit home for me. This is from Sergio. He says, I want to say that I'm, I miss my mom a lot and my little sister who stayed in Honduras. I always pray to God for them and all of the rest of my family. This trip has been difficult, but I'm trusting that God will always help me and has given me the strength to go forward in blessing. And it will be God, God that will help me in this new beginning. I ask you to help me pray for all of my family and that the Lord keeps them and for all of the youth that are here to help us move forward. Friends, I wasn't there, but these stories come alive in these prayers. They, they lift up a, a sense of hope and a belief in a present, an abiding God that came with them out of whatever circumstances they left behind and even into uncertain circumstances that lie ahead of them. And then the text says Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Gil Rindell is, is an author and a writer of uh, group dynamics, and he talks about this, this power of the Holy Spirit amongst us. And he says this about, about a, a uh, Midrash teaching. Now, Midrash is like our commentaries that we read when we get ready to preach. The Midrash were commentaries on the Hebrew Bible, and it is what the rabbis study in order to dig deep into the stories and the scriptures that are presented in the Hebrew Bible. This one comes from the escape of the Hebrews out of Egypt. They find themselves on the bank of the Red Sea with nowhere to go the sea in front of them, and certain death through drowning, and the Pharaoh's armies behind them. And so they do what all good people do, especially as Methodists. They gather the leaders of each of the tribes together, and they have a meeting, right? They have a meeting. How are we going to get out of this pickle, Moses? What are we going to do? Only if we had, and they look into what they used to do in these kinds of times. And as they're standing there on the banks, arguing and bickering about what to do next, there is a young man among them, Nashon, we're told in the Midrash. Nashon simply gets up and begins to walk into the water. The water covers his ankles and nothing happens. The waters do not part. He continues to step forward. The waters come to his knees. The waters do not part. He steps forward. It's up to his waist. The water does not part. He continues to walk out into the sea up to his shoulders. The waters do not part. He takes another step, and it is up to his nose, and the waters do not part. 
At that point, Nashon takes one more step, that step that will surely cover his head, and that's when the waters part. That's the Holy Spirit. That's resurrection courage. Being filled with the Holy Spirit does not give us the answers, but it gives us the courage to take that next step when we are in uncertain times. Into the darkness of uncertainty, even when we're afraid, even when the doors are locked tightly against our hearts, it is this courage that we are allowed to step forward. Step, evaluate. Take another step. Make a new plan. Take another step. Lean into the darkness that we do not understand. There's a, there's a, a um, metaphor, if you will, about a flashlight, a flashlight in the darkest of dark, and that flashlight cannot see what lies ahead, but the flashlight pointed down will light your path, and all you have to do is walk to the end of that light and finally, finally, by continuing to walk to that light, you will reach your destination. We have been doing this this last year. We have been living into resurrection courage. We have not known what to do next. And yet we have found ways to worship, to gather to be together, to lift one another in prayers. Our neighbors have not known what to do, and yet we've opened our facilities to them. We have made it possible for them to meet the resurrected Christ. We have to learn how to leave nostalgia behind, friends, because what God offers us in these uncertain times is so much better than what we might imagine. But it takes resurrection courage to take that next step. In our human condition, we will, from time to time, face fears of uncertainty. We will face a future that seems cloudy and unclear. Maybe you're in that place today. It is when you are in that place that Jesus shows up when we are in that place, it is when Jesus offers us peace, certainty, that as God sent Jesus, so Jesus will send us. And when we are in that place, Jesus gives us resurrection courage to take the next step into the deep waters. Thanks be to God. Amen.